0: Hello, welcome to episode one of Looking Over the Fence with me, Paul Ratchford. And me, Mitchell. So, basically, Mitch, why don't you take it away and tell our lovely listeners what this show is all about?
1: Basically, the the show, the podcast, is all about two people from different walks of life, uh, completely different ends of the spectrum, uh, almost different sides of the aisle politically, coming together and having a discussion, introducing topics to each other, that we think we could get said other person over the fence or over the aisle on. Um, Obviously, using the information that we all have readily available um, and coming up with ideas, with healthy discussion to sort of get that that conversation flowing and getting an agreement somewhere.
0: Excellent, excellent. So I believe you're just going to try and convince me to become a right-wing capitalist and I'm trying to convince you to become a left-wing socialist. Is that to sum up? Yeah, your
1: your plan is to get me to become a a, a raving lefty that wants socialism and communism.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't go that far, mate. Come on, you're making me look bad. And uh, and then my
1: role as uh, a hardcore right-wing lunatic is uh, you know profiteering left, right, and centre, um, nothing but nothing but profits.
0: I'd like to bring to the attention that is actually quite different from the areas that we live in in the country because I'm from. Um, uh, I mean, being from the southwest in Devon, um, I, I think the area I live in is more uh, capitalistic, conservative, whereas the area that you live in. Up north.
1: Yeah, it's um, the north, uh, the northwest, really, uh, when I was growing up, was hard labour, really hard labour, with um areas of, like, lifelong Tory voters, um, whereas my view of down south has always been, you know, quite hard borders. I mean, I'm pretty sure not so far away from you, Lime just hosted the UKIP, uh, conference not so far, not so far ago. Um, I'm sure I remember seeing Farage stuff about Lime Regis when I was down there visiting my mate. I want to point out that I wasn't actually there to visit the conference, I was there to play golf.
0: I think you're the one who chopped the milkshake on him, aren't you? I heard a rumor that it was you who chopped the milkshake. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, mate, I was there, I was made sure I was holding the fan, I was feeding him grapes. <laughs> yeah it was all good fun, mate
0: that is absolutely brilliant i love the fact that well basically we're gonna have the conversation and we're gonna talk about two different topics today i mean the topics that i well i'm gonna introduce you the first topic okay and i'm gonna bring it straight up to you mate i'm gonna hit it up to you okay mate and it's it's one of my ones at the moment which is affecting quite a lot of people in the uk it is the wait for it the energy crisis, my friend. The energy crisis. Um, now, this is, uh, I mean, you. I, I don't even think I need to persuade you much to come round to my way of thinking when it comes to it. But let's just revamp what's going on in the country um, at the moment with record high prices for gas because demand is so high due to the lack of supply from Russia.
1: Well, we're both in a quite a privileged viewpoint, really, with this, because we both work in the energy industry. Um, we've both worked domestic, and we both currently work commercial. So we've seen um, both sides of the coin when it comes to energy in terms of as a consumer. Um, <sighs> I mean, the price cap for domestic customers has been going up and up and up. Um and it was supposed to be hitting something like 3,400 next year. Uh, I believe Liz Trust has uh, put a cap on that.
0: So wasn't that in October?
1: Yeah, yeah, so in October it's supposed to go to like two thousand seven or 2,600, something like that. And then they were talking about April next year being like 3,400, something like that. Uh, but then obviously Liz Trust has said that she's going to... Cap it at two thousand five hundred, which is too little, too late. But there we go. Um, another point actually worth noting is that commercial customers don't have a practice cap.
0: This is why you're seeing so many uh, businesses and pubs uh, finding it hard. That's why it's so expensive to get a pint of beer. Like I had a pint of beer and a packet of crisps today, five pound fifty. Uh, just they have to make their money somewhere I mean especially if they're uh, if they're being there is no cap on their energy that means energy companies can charge whatever they want to these customers for gas and electric. it's frightening really isn't it um, obviously the system
1: that we're working currently being well it's privatised isn't it it's completely privatised um, it's not working because of because of the greed, which is what it is, in my opinion, Um, is the greed of the larger companies and shareholders driving profits so that they can take bonuses, Uh, which I already know how I sound. Uh, Sign me up. Sign me up. It sounds like I'm standing right next to you on your side of the fence already. Um, How do you really stop it? Because supply and demand is something that, you know, is a fundamental in running a business and running anything.
0: Go on, you have to clarify on that one. Like, how do you stop what? What do you want to stop?
1: We want to stop the fact that, you know, as a country, people are going to be going cold or hungry. And it's going to be a huge number of people this winter. And it's nothing short of preposterous, really, that it's scandalous that we are in the UK and fuel poverty, according to Ofgem, is when you're spending 10% of your yearly wage on energy, which is, obviously, if it's capped at 2,500, you know, if you if you earn £25,000 or less a year after tax... You're in fuel, public. 25 grand. Even if they say before tax, if it's before tax, that's even worse. But after tax, I think that's scandalous.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, generally considering what the minimum wage is, um, it just how can people afford it? I mean, Mitch, uh, I, I'm just trying to get your, uh, you know, because it, we decided that this was looking over the fence, you being on the right side living up north, me being on the left side down south. But um, so at the moment, the system we have where the energy companies have a board of directors, shareholders, show profits, their share prices go up. The people who consume their product, the gas and electricity, lose money, are paying more money, and the share price is going up, which means the shareholders are making money because obviously the more money they make off us, the consumer, the higher their share price goes and – higher their profits go so the rich get rich why the poorer get poorer now this is something that kind of is a bit disgusting for me and i i am trying to convince you to see where it comes from on this side really because it's it's a bit depressing wanting to have that percentage of certain people the rich really rich and the poor really poor <sighs> Where do you stand? Where do you stand, mate? Where do you stand after that bold statement I just made?
1: I mean, obviously, we, when, when we come up with this idea, it was a case of nobody would ever be on the fence. You always have to pick a side. Um, and then I, I, I still believe that private systems work.
0: Not in certain areas of the uh, economy
1: exactly I think businesses that work when there's a want fine because it's um, it's not an, when it's not a necessity I think if you're a business working supplying something that isn't a necessity obviously I mean as an example
0: um, packaging. Okay, yeah, packaging, right. So you just kind of opened yourself up to me pulling you over this side of the fence even more. Um, uh, sorry, you just said that people, what we need. So in your view of that, should Tesco's become run by the government and we should get our food all subsidised? Or are we just talking like energy in this one? Because, I mean, I'm tricking you here, Matt. I'm tricking you here, Mitch. I think I'm getting you a little bit. Yeah, it's- it's a weird
1: one, isn't it? So, I mean, in a perfect world, I think privatised systems are always stuff that aren't necessities. However, we also have to sort of admit to ourselves that, you know, some things have become necessities as well that, say, weren't required years and years and years ago. Um, obviously talking hundreds and hundreds of years ago, in the sense that we didn't need to go to a shop and buy food. Um, Technically speaking, there's plenty of places up north where you, you don't need a supermarket. You can go down to your local butchers and buy meat there. It's all healthily raised,
0: killed very humanely. So so let me get let me just get this straight. This is basically you're saying that between like the, the G the corporation of like Tesco's and Sainsbury's and all that, you're supporting not that level of capitalism right hand side, fence wise. You're supporting like the people between, like the 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 little businesses that wanna make a go of it, that they're the ones who need the handout, the leg out, the the people who we should support, local businesses, right? Yeah, I think small businesses
1: definitely need need a leg up because just, just on energy alone, I mean, you're looking at pubs where their bills this year have gone up by two hundred, three hundred percent. I mean, if pubs close, we're going to be seeing a lot of people in absolute uproar that it's a pub shot. I'll be, uh, I'll be front of the queue up here, mate. I'll be front of the queue. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'll take to the streets if the pub shot.
0: It's gonna be an uproar. If if the pub's shut, there's gonna be a lot of people uproaring. I mean, does that not just say <laughs> say something about our society? As as she hasn't done anything though. The PM hasn't done anything to help the businesses. She's helping the like the everyday person, the voting person, but she's not helping the businesses. Is have you heard anything of what she's planning on doing to help businesses? I've not
1: heard anything as of it yet. Um obviously obviously there's a lot of distractions going on at the minute. Um you know, there's updates every 24 hours on the Ukrainian war. Um, Queen Elizabeth, obviously. Um, so we there's, there's plenty of distractions. However, no, I haven't heard anything yet. Um, I can't see anything being done either. Um, I think my take on the support of it, I think Tesco's and supermarkets, they're a funny one because the stuff that tesco supply that i would argue aren't necessities i would argue that everything and everything in a tesco isn't a necessity because you can get it from a local shop
0: yeah so okay so hear me out hear me out am i am i a dreamer on this one okay like so the local shop yeah you don't need like lego models or games or stuff that tesco sell or a saucepan yeah i get that not necessarily you know maybe a saucepan but not you know the necessity but I'm talking like fruit, veg, potatoes, rice, these things. I had a dream, you know, and I, I believe that it's um that you just you get your food because you pay your taxes and your national insurance. You know, you get your food, fuel included. You know, travel is another one that I don't think I think I would like to come over to your side of the fence on. I really would. I think travel is a luxury or a leisure, which is a business, I think. The travel industry is a business on, let's like, say, whether like national rail, ra- ra- nationalizing the railways. Nah, I think a route you choose to use the railway, maybe nationalizing the tubes around London for the commuters. I don't know. I, there's got to be somewhere in between this left and right side that we can meet on or agree a side that we can sit on together on this. I mean...
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of the trends themselves, I mean, I think I think nationalising would actually be a good idea. <laughs> so, I don't even... Are you, <laughs> so,
0: yeah. What the hell is that? Are you... No, you're, you're actually kidding. Ah, you're giving me a heart attack image because you literally have just reverted roles. I mean, this is why I love this show. This is why I love doing this with you, and I think that it's such a great idea because, because we... That that is ridiculous. So you you generally think that nationalising the whole rail around the UK? Why? Name
1: a worse system at the minute. Do you know? Do you ever know a train to be on time? Do you ever know them to be particularly clean? Are they particularly cheap for that service? No, Um, no, and no. May as well nationalise it. Oh
0: shit! You're. I don't know. Don't convince me. I'm not. I'm not being. Okay. Ah. I think, okay. honestly, Just,
1: if, if they were nationalised and they were still running late and they were still dirty and they were still a tiny bit expensive, I think I'd stand there at a train station and go, yeah, well, it's nationalised. <laughs> like, we own it. Whereas, instead, what I'm looking at it is some businessman's making profit, record profit, and it's not even good. <laughs> so, what's going on? So, yeah, that's about that. Um, But no, yeah, I think in terms of the energy, I think energy, I would most definitely be um, invested in nationalizing that service. Um,
0: Hell yes. Back to it again. Right. So how would that work with this? Because like, so basically back when we were young, it was British Gas, the gas board. That was the thing, yeah. Like they did the DNO, the whole the whole of the country. They did the 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 district network operating, like the underlanes and the domestic, the meters, the boilers, everything. So how did it become? So when they privatised it, they split it up, and now all, does that mean that other companies were allowed to come in? Like EDF is obviously a French owned company. Does that come in and they can get a piece of our network or SSE? Where does this
1: come from? So originally, when they all split. Um it's it's a funny this is where I, dis, I disagree with the whole privatisation of the energy company the energy companies and the energy supply fundamentally from the start because the whole reason you would privatise something a system is to make it a competitive market i.e. everybody was paying 5 pound a month for british gas when it was nationalised somebody wants to come in and make it cheaper make it a competitive market um that's the whole idea of a of a a capitalist system somebody can offer you a, a product for less so you would then go with them however in a nationalized system that's not available instead what's happened is they split it up and these companies eon edf sse um no, well obviously in the in the original privatisation I think there was only six there was six. Um Scottish Power, Eon, EDF, British Gas, um there'll be a, a couple more. They were given it might have been SSE, but they were given a percentage of the customer base straight away. Which means it's not a competitive market because you're almost being given customers right off the bat. And it's simply not realistic. And what we've seen is there are people that are still with British Gas from when they split, and there's a percentage of those people that aren't even on a fixed tariff because they just don't because they just don't understand billing.
0: I know. This is why domestic. This is why domestic. I I couldn't do it with the domestic anymore. I I just couldn't do it. I mean, I'm seeing people who are living like, like really like hard, like hand to mouth, and their standing charge, their meter charge, their price for gas and their standing charge, more importantly, their standing charge and their price per unit is double what the people, what a millionaire, what a guy had a house on the beach was paying. When I looked at their tariffs compared to them, I was like, how can the people of these companies sleep knowing that they're charging a millionaire who has a house on the beach overlooking the ocean, half the price of someone who is literally on the breadline. Fuck that. Excuse my language. I apologise. That is that is just that uh, you're going to frustrate me, Mitch. You're going to you have to take over, Mitch. It's it's
1: bizarre, isn't it? Because what we find is that um, obviously not to make broad judgments of people, but by the statistics. The majority of people on low incomes are on a prepay meter, and those people end up paying more per unit, and more in the standing charge per day than somebody on a credit meter. I'll, I'll just
0: give. I just no. I'll just give you the. I'll give you the the numbers, mate. Okay, so the standing charge for a prepayment gas meter was thirty five p before the energy crisis hike. Thirty five p. My standing charge for me on a credit meter was 15p that's a 20p a day difference for me who's on a credit meter to 20p to they what they were paying the people who are finding it hard uh, who are living let's say hand to mouth and it it it, you know it it doesn't it just doesn't make me you know it it kind of changed my mind like i i was uh, i was a capitalist i was believing in working hard and getting everything and until when I took this job, and I started seeing in the in the energy industry, I took this job, and I started seeing how people were living inside their homes. It warped my mind, mate, and I like I have kind of like I say I just I was judging everyone like oh you're on benefits I'm judging you for that I'm judging you and then I wasn't judging the people who were dodging taxes or having offshore accounts I was judging the people who were on less of me for not working when I should be judging the people who are literal criminals, where these people are just born into this situation that they can't escape genetically. And it changed me, Mitch. It changed me. And, you know, this is why the energy crisis, the energy market is, it should be nationalized. It should be straight up, government-run, owned by the people, EDF, owned in France, 4% rise, 4% rise.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think the French example actually isn't a good example um, because EDF still made the profits over here. That's what I mean. If it, if, so if, if we were to nationalise our system, we would have to supply energy in another country and make our profit there. Otherwise, whatever gas goes up by, we will put our prices up by.
0: Are you saying that the that because the gas price would go up and because, but I mean it would be fair, would it not? I mean it would be because how how would it work then? We we'd all pay a bill, like a tax, it like it'd be in like an energy tax instead of paying a gas bill, you get an energy tax, right? That'd be that's how it would be.
1: Yeah, I mean it would, I think it would still be a bill or it'd uh, come into your taxes and we'd see a raise in taxes. Um, but I mean, just like. To, to put broad numbers out there, if it costs an energy company to supply at one house £20 for a year to supply gas and electric, <clears throat> if they put their price up to £40, we're going to have to double, which is 100%. But if we were to say as a national system, oh, we're going to have to put our prices up by 100%, which means our taxes are going to have to go up by 100%, there'd be absolute outrage. Whereas because a company like EDF have made their money over here, they can turn around to the French people and say, oh, we only have to put it up by 4%. That might be below what the right...
0: So so, let me just make sure you understand this. So you're saying that if the government chose to put the energy bills up by 100%, 200%, like the privatised energy companies are at this moment, there would be outrage if the government chose to do it. But because the government aren't stopping these fricking corporate greedy giant capitalists there there's no outrage why why is there no outrage i, I don't get that you know i think
1: f- i still think there's outrage i think there's definitely outrage um that whole don't pay uk movement is is absolutely flying so there's definitely outrage there um it's i think the the edf system is a very good system for france Simply because EDF make their money, and the French people don't see a massive rise in their bills. Um, so genuinely, both parties are happy.
0: So yeah, it's, well, you don't actually have any other like. Our, we don't have any of our companies, English companies, like overseas selling our energy. You know, we. I don't know. I just want to. Why? Why do we need to sell it? Why do we need? We just there's gas. It costs this much. There's this many people divided by this many people. Everyone pays that much. You know what I mean? If you have a house, four people, you have two kids, you pay a bit more. You know, you live in a free bed. Like can't like the bands for council tax. You know, A, B, C, D, and E. You know what I mean? There should be energy bands for like you live in a one-bedroom flat. You pay. Psh, that's how much you pay. Because guarantee it, they wouldn't use that much anyway.
1: Yeah, and then obviously you've got the 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 first hurdle to overcome with nationalizing a system is you've got to buy out. The private companies. Um, do you know what? I'm not a hundred percent on that. So it might be something that we have to go away and do research on. Just the the, the actual regulations and steps before you can actually privatise
0: or nationalise a system. They want their money. Can you not just take it away from them? Well why why can't we just take it from them, Mitch?
1: Well, Jeremy Corbyn promised it. Jeremy Corbyn promised to nationalise practically everything. Uh I, I I wouldn't go as far as communist, but like I said it. it, it what, a lot of what he said was very very good.
0: Do you think? Do you think if Labour gets in, that's what's going to happen?
1: Um, where he lost me was social justice. Uh, that's it's not a thing, is it? Um, other than the funding behind it, didn't really make sense, which was worrying. Um, and then a lot of his funding, I believe, came from the Chinese Chinese Communist Party.
0: But then the money for the Russians, for the Tories, came from the Russians. Yeah. <laughs> Our country is basically up for the highest bidder.
1: I mean, I think every country is, isn't it? Every country is because world leaders have all got relationships with each other, and it's all within their own best best interest to get along. And if there's a, a leader coming in that automatically isn't on your side... It's gonna be much easier to do whatever it whatever you can to get that person in power. Just how it is. It is just how it is. Yeah.
0: Right, no, right. Okay, right, let's let's before before I end up like crying myself to sleep tonight, uh, I think we should take a little quick break. Um, and then when we come back, we're gonna tackle the next hurdle the fence that you wanna drag me over or I wanna drag you over in this discussion. It's the NHS, my friend. So after the break, NHS looking over the fence, different different views.
1: Right, and welcome back to the show, everyone. Um, as promised, our next subject is the NHS. Um, obviously, a system that, as uh, as as a, as a UK citizen, lifelong, was born in England. I'm immensely proud of the NHS. The work all the doctors and nurses do for us um, never will never go unthanked on uh, on my part. Um, however, I do believe that the system should be privatized. What? I Where Do you stand on that point?
0: Sorry. Yeah, it kind of caught me off guard there, mate. I feel like I've just walked out of the changing room and got a left hook, mate. So I think that's a bit like stargazing me here. I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I'm having heart palpitations right now. Did you just say the best socialist thing that has been created by this country needs to be privatized? That is making me, oh, sugar. I don't want to admit you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking like, I'm annoyed by the statement of what you said, that that privatization statement. I'm annoyed by it. That annoys me, but I'm now thinking deeper. I'm thinking about actually how long has my brother been waiting with his half-ripped like, tendon shoulder to get seen by a doctor who's now paid 300 quid to go private, which is sick of waiting and being referred round different doctors for the NHS. How many other people have been waiting for simple procedures and have decided to pay for private healthcare checks How many people have not had the care? Right, basically,
1: as we know, wages for nurses haven't been going up, especially in line with inflation. Um, pay freezes are a very frequent thing in the NHS
0: sorry so wait 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 wait, sorry sorry just let me get one foot over the side of the fence mate before I go because I'm going to punch you through the fence if you don't give me good reasons now
1: in fact during possibly the worst medical crisis that we've known in our lifetimes being obviously the coronavirus um, the most the NHS got from the government was a clap a round of applause on a Thursday I think it's scandalous. I think it's, it's a waste of everybody's time. And The nurses that I know that worked in the NHS thought it was a waste of time. When you look at GPs, appointments now, you have to book in. Normally, if you were ill, you needed a sick note, you'd ring up 8 o'clock in the morning, you'd get an appointment for that day, you'd get your sick note and you'd go, you'd be seen that day it's no longer the case gp appointments now you need to ring in and get appointments booked so now you need to be you need to know when you're going to be ill a week in advance otherwise you're never going to get that that signal
0: get your horoscope mate
1: hospitals understaffed underfunded uh, with less equipment and sometimes not enough equipment not enough beds waiting times in the a and e of up to five hours for stuff that you know, it, it it shouldn't be happening. We're in the UK.
0: I got st- sorry, yeah. I got, I got, I got, I got a story because I I cut my hand open with a Stanley knife, I like a proper, like a proper scratch to open. And I was just like, my stepdad was like, oh, you can see the tendon, and I was like, ah, oh, okay. Said, yeah, we should go to A and E. And I was like, no, I'm not wasting my time sitting in that waiting room just to be like, because it's like, you know, it's not life threatening. There's no archery. It's just a bleeding wound. It's a flesh wound. I'm not going there. So I just ended up getting the super glue out the drawer and super gluing it back together and holding it and then putting a bandage over it. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's healed up really nicely. But I mean, I avoided that five hour wait. But you, you can you can go on and digress. I mean, it's not just the nurses. I mean, we, we, we go for the the clap. This is where I'm opening up my opinion to yourself, where it is the clap was the most insulting thing i think but do you know what the most magical thing about that clap is every person the people rallied around that bullshit excuse my language it's crap it's complete it's it's a complete crap clap (laughs) (laughs) it's a crap clap it's like crapping clap there's no point in it there was no point in it Uh, but the idea of how warming it was for the people to come together, mate, that brought me love in my heart. I weeped when I watched it on the BBC. But, mate, I'm sorry. I See, this is it because, because of the people, not because of what the fucking the idea was. Yeah, no, I hated it. I hated the club. I don't like that. But, I mean... <sighs> You hated it, did you? I, I, I hated it. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to admit.
1: I never. I never stepped out. I never gave a round of applause and nothing. Um, it's it's pointless. If you want to thank the NHS, give them pay rises. It's as simple as that. Give them better working conditions. Um, in terms of a solution for you, privatisation. Um, if we look across to our cousins over the sea, America, it's a system where. You get health insurance, and it's paid for by your insurance through money that you've paid into a system. It's not a system then that is spent with time wasted for things that shouldn't be in hospital for because you know you've got insurance for it, and you might not be covered so it instantly cuts down weight at times in a and e You find that the people that work there are better compensated for their time and efforts because it's a privatized system and it's well-paid, you'll find that the equipment there is, one, up to standard, and two, there's enough of the equipment, because, again, it's a privatized system and there's more money into that system. And, yes, there is there is profits. It's, it is going to be a case of some hospitals are going to make a profit.
0: And that's where you've lost me, Mitch. That's where you've lost me, Mitch. I mean, this profit bit, this is where we need to find middle ground to run a good system profit has to be reinvested into a company it's as simple as that
1: if you find a hospital that's making a profit and is reinvesting that profit in pay rises for its staff in better equipment in more beds more rooms better equipment it's General upkeep, you're going to end up with nicer hospitals that are cleaner, safer, with doctors that want to be there, nurses that want to be there. I mean, obviously not saying that doctors and nurses don't want to be there over here, but they're going to be better compensated for the time that they're not spending with loved ones, not spending with their children, not spending with their partners. They're going to be paid better for the sleepless nights. They're going to be paid better for the friendships that they don't get to keep in touch with because they're working 12-hour shifts Whereas over here, one, hospitals are, the like I said, they're understaffed because nobody wants to work for the NHS anymore because the NHS doesn't serve the people working for it. The NHS doesn't properly serve the people using it because, one, you get people... There's two types of people is what I always tend to describe with when I come into A&E. There's the people where the leg is literally falling off and they've had to come in, or there's the people that trip down the stairs... I felt a bit dizzy or have felt a bit dizzy when they got up too quick and decided to go to A. And it's it's as simple as that. And that's why you have five hour wait time. And I think in a privatised system, we'll say if you knew that if if you knew that when you went to hospital you had to pay for it and you felt a bit dizzy when you got up or you stubbed your toe and it bled, you wouldn't go. You would find a home remedy. It's as simple as that. You would find better working conditions, you would find better client conditions, you would find better results. Um, I mean, when how many times now, I mean, just over the coronavirus pandemic would be a really good instance, is that we found numbers for coronavirus being skewed because hospitals were being paid based on the coronavirus numbers. The minute that that needs to happen, that that starts happening, you know that hospitals are struggling because of their funding. If it was a privatised system and that hospital was already making a profit.
0: Mitchell, I did not know that. I did not know that. Wait, sorry, just have to circle back there, mate. Did you just say that because they said that they had more infected patients in this hospital, they got more funding from the government?
1: There was funding based on coronavirus
0: numbers for Holy sh... Oh, my God, that... And so they... Because, yeah, because I, I had a customer the other day. I, I went there, and she died... Tw- she had coronavirus, recovered from coronavirus, then died 28 days later from something else, and they put it down as a coronavirus death. Is this the instance you're talking about? They they fabbed it on the death... It's exactly that.
1: It's, it's exactly those numbers, because excuse yeah. me,
0: Mate! Ah... Mm, oh. <sighs> Dearing me, dear me, it's like you're saying
1: who, who's at fault there because, on one hand, somebody's lied about someone's death being coronavirus, yeah. and are they at fault, or is it high? Does it go higher up because the funding in that hospital is so poor that they've had to lie
0: for the
1: greater good to get some and make it better for the people? It's uh, where do you draw the line if it was a privatized system it wouldn't matter
0: yeah that i yeah i agree but what i don't agree with now mitch is like this is where we need to like say this is where i need to get down so i i agree on that privatizing but it's that profit bit it's that corporation that greed of basic humanity that i cannot let them do like if they like signed a contract i say yeah you can you can only make a – like these non-profit organizations, these non-profit charities that, that, that are do to help people, fine. I mean, don't – I mean, make a 2% profit a year. A 2% profit in healthcare is like seven mansions in bloody London, I'm sure. But not that much. You don't need that much profit. You don't – shareholders, no shareholders, one owner. There's got to be a middle ground between – the, the 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 privatization umbrella that you're on about, like all the energy companies have, and the, uh, national service. What is that middle ground? Like, help me find it, Mitch. Tell me about it,
1: please. I think the uh, genuinely, I don't think there is a middle ground. I think privatization is no.
0: That's why we got. That's why we've got to make We've got to come up with it. We, we we have to. We have to come up with the answer. Literally,
1: the only answer. I think if you if you consider that, if you consider that a hospital that's privatized will be making profit, and that tax will be profited. That, sorry, that profit will be taxed. That hospital then is more inclined to reinvest that profit back into the hospital to get out of paying tax on it.
0: Uh, then again, you've got these... This is where I get back to, again, um, greed, offshore taxes, these millionaires, they take their money out. of. Uh, you see, they'll do that, mate. This is why it needs to be a responsible millionaire who cares about the people to own it. You know what I mean? We can't trust the government to own it. Oh, Mitch! Don't don't make me fucking chuck this phone across the room. No, this is because I was no because I was the same. I agree. I I think that the you know that 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 idea of being able to do that is is no because I I come to my mate the other day. Okay, like I say, a little bit of a I said, so hear hear this out. Tell me what you think about this. Okay. So I said to him about um, that how it's impossible to get a mortgage. You know, if you're renting off a, like a landlord, you, it's impossible to get a mortgage because you can't save things like that. Even though you've been paying £700 when your mortgage would be £500 a month, you've been paying that for six years. This is it. So I said, the banks won't give you a mortgage, right, so why don't we have this national fund? You know, everyone who wants to be part of this party, everyone who wants to be part of this national fund, who borrows off the fund for a very low interest rate, very low interest rate, everyone gives £10 a month. Everyone who wants to be part of this gives £10 a month. So imagine that everyone who's in private renting, who wants to own their own house, gives £10 a month. So that's got to be what? 10 million people maybe? Maybe? Or am I... Okay, so that's 10 million times 10. So you're looking at a hundred million pound per month. Okay. So how many people could take loans off that group, off that national group of money? And, and you know what my mate said to me? He said, he put a massive heart. He said, but mate, there's going to be someone who's in charge of that money. <sighs> ah uh, and it just it kind of i mean we're inviting him on the show in a couple of more episodes i'm sure you he he you know you'd like to have a lot of uh, he's got he's a very strong-willed opinion person i think that's
1: the thing i think whenever you come up with a system no matter how good it is there's going to be people that take advantage of that system or there's going to be people that contort that system and do something with that system so that they make something out of it it's always the way um I feel,
0: yeah, I think you've definitely, I think you've definitely convinced me on this privatizing the NHS. But we, I mean, we definitely need to find a middle ground. I mean, we know nationalizing energy is the way forward. Privatizing the NHS. I think
1: if there was a way to regulate the companies that were coming in and buying hospitals, and properly ensure that there was no way they weren't going to pay tax on profits unless they were re distributed into the hospital in some way then I think that that would be a perfect system
0: there we go that is it right now is so do we have to make laws so it's got to be worth it though it's got to be worth it for them to invest in it right so they can yeah i mean if, for me
1: if i'm it's it's a weird one isn't it if for me if i was going to buy a hospital a hospital over here probably if you're looking at i don't know just let's just call it 10 million if I'm going to invest 10 million pounds of my own money and I'm and what I'm expected to never see any of that again,
0: but you get to go to sleep well, my friend. You sleep well, yeah, but
1: that isn't enough, is it? Because if, if you buy a house, yeah, you get, you get to sleep well, you buy your own, you're, you're at home, you're in your own home, you own it, but when you sell it, there's a chance that you make a return on it, isn't there? And it's uh, what 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 next is is owning a home uh, against against everything that w- we should stand for as a society. No, it's not. When you buy a house, you're investing money. It's as simple as that. And when you invest money, you should be able to see a return. It's a business. And when you buy a hospital, you should be able to see a return. At the end of the day, when if you buy a hospital for ten million pounds, you're not just in you're not just owning a hospital. You're running it. You're making sure it's successful. You should be able you should be able to pull a wage because you are running a hospital. You are employing and there's got to be something said for the for you are employing people, hundreds of people, and you're paying their wages as well. Are you just expected to just keep being a funnel of money, never to see any return? Absolutely not. And I think obviously that comes at a price, and that price is profit some of that profit is going to go back is going to have to go back to the guy or the company that owns the whole, the whole hospital
0: right that's it. Right, right, so that's it so because you can't but what we can't do is you can't trust the corporate greedy man who's in charge of this hospital to do what the right thing is so now I've got a little solution for you on this one before we wrap it up. What do you think about like, so someone comes in, privatizes this hospital, buys this hospital, privatizes it, you know, they don't make any profit. They don't make profit, but the government promised that they will give them, the government promised that in five years' time you will get, say you bought 10 million, we'll give you a million pound for investing in this house in five years' time. Or a percentage of what you've invested will come back to you in five years' time as long as you do your best to run this hospital to the best of your samaritan do you agree with that
1: yes or no i think yeah i think that, i don't think that would ever work because essentially any money that comes from the government is taxpayer money. do you think
0: that would be a night i'm I, I, i'm dreaming i'm dreaming aren't i there's no way that that would ever happen
1: it's I, so it, it would never work i think there would the only way you could you could possibly make it work is if you said okay so you've you've got this hospital you employ x amount of people um you make this much profit and we tax you on this profit um and obviously there's brackets to it we could you could probably then turn round and just say obviously if you count the person who owns the hospital's wage of, as well as sort of like a cost to one in a hospital which you have to do because it is a wage you could turn round to that person and say right well if you were to say reinvest the profits into the hotel there would be a a tax, so, sort of maybe like a tax break, depending on levels, depending on how much of you, percentage wise of your profit you reinvested into the hospital.
0: Yeah. So see, we, we, we basically, do you think that it's unsavable now, the NHS? Do you think the ship has sunk or are we taking on water? How would you say it? Do you think that they, what you suggested needs to happen or we there is a way of saving what we've got?
1: for me i think the nhs now is it's sunk and there's 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 people still in it with little buckets pushing water out when there's too much coming in it it costs too much a year to run the nhs considering just how much the system is failing the people that work in the nhs and
0: and failing the people who pay for it
1: and and a lot of times it's failing people that need it. Um like I've I would never have thought in a million years that people go into hospital and sometimes end up coming out more ill. It just but unfortunately there's you know, it, it happens now and it, it should never be happening. Um I shouldn't you shouldn't have to go into A and E. With something being potentially wrong with you, and you might not get seen until the next calendar day, it's it shouldn't it shouldn't be happening. And for the money that the NHS costs to run every year, I think, for me, means that it's a failed system. Um, obviously, I mean, people are still going to disagree with me. It's just an opinion.
0: Yeah, this is it. Let's, let go, on, let, no, go on, Mitch. I, you've, you've definitely got your opinion across. And and on that note, I think we should definitely start winding this bad boy down for the first episode of Looking Over the Fence. I feel that we've covered very many topics um, when it comes to the energy and coming over, uh, like I say, looking over the fence to each other and joining and having an open opinion to what we've uh, what we've discussed uh definitely when it comes to the nhs you've got uh, you've definitely uh, got my brain thinking on it but if any of our listeners have any suggestions or any opinions on the energy crisis or the nhs please write us a tweet on our twitter page the twitter handle is looking over t fence looking over t fence and we'll be happy to uh, question your opinions between us. It would be actually quite interesting. Anyway, until next time, I'm Paul Ratchford. I'm uh, me, Mitch. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Mitch.